0: Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 94. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mac. Good evening, everybody. And welcoming back, Kimberly.
1: Hello, how you doing?
0: And, of course, Ian. Good
2: evening, everybody. And Terry. Hi, everyone.
0: And special guest, Dumbass, from the Dumbass Media Empire.
3: Yay! I was told there'd be cake. Was that a lie?
0: That was a lie. The cake is a lie.
3: Cake is always a lie. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> How is everybody this evening?
3: Email. I'm doing pretty
4: good.
0: Are right. you? All right. So, well, we've got a whole bunch of stuff, and and one of the things we, we want to talk to uh Thomas about. We've had a a back and forth conversation about um about spending your money and what it um what 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 have we been saying? You know, basically. Well, it's more than that, isn't it?
3: A little bit more than that. I've got some stuff prepared uh, to say there. Um, okay. When you want to do no, we'll, that we uh, Well, Yeah, so
0: we're, we're going to do that, but f- yeah, first we'll do announcements, if we have any.
3: What do we have?
1: Um, not a whole lot going on. Uh, I don't know if this will get out in time, but we're doing at the Secular Hub for Movie Night this Thursday, we're going to be tearing apart Ray Comfort in various videos. Ray Comfort, of course, the banana man who brings you such great creationist Ideas is how the banana proves that God made you the banana, <laughs> and Kirk Cameron, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with that one. Other things coming up in October. Uh, well, there's gonna be a Friday Hub Hang at the end of the month. That'll be what the 27th, I think, and um, that's always a good time. Next month we're gonna be doing a Halloween party for the final Friday of the month and we're also doing a big thing called the State of the Hub. It's going to be a fundraising dinner. It's going to be $75 a plate for people who want to help out and financially support the Hub. It's going to be on October 12th. We're going to have some really cool stuff like uh, the premiere of a video that Seth Andrews from The Thinking Atheist made about the Hub and um, some presentations on what we've accomplished and things like that. So that's a definite save the date. I'll have more information for that next time. And other than that, I don't have any major events coming up. There's always tons of stuff going on, so check out the—you can check out the Secular Hub calendar for all the local events in one place.
0: All right. And so let's go ahead and uh, let's move on to Ian's masturbation moment.
3: The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's masturbation moment. Brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. All right, Ian,
0: what do you you got for us? Oh,
3: by the way, I just want to say uh, on the air how awesome it is that you guys took one little joke I made and ran with it to turn it into an entire segment.
0: (laughs) Isn't that awesome? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, and we love the intro. Well, we also it, couldn't get did... Ian
3: to
1: stop talking about masturbation. Right,
0: so. well, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, we'll always go the perverted
5: extra mile.
1: <laughs> so, uh, are a few dozen listeners out there, if you
2: have segments you actually would like us to do, you might think of suggesting them, because we really do listen.
0: Well, we listen okay. if it's funny.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, the story I picked for tonight is... To me, this is what you need to make sure your kids know when you try and convince them not to drink. Don't go through the normal, oh, it's going to mess up your liver, all this other crap. This is the type of story that kids need to hear about in order to say, maybe I shouldn't drink. So um, the headline is, drunk father is banned from going out at night after he was caught on CCTV having sex with a Land Rover.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I, I love it. How does
2: that
4: work, Zach?
5: I, I, never mind. Yeah, I've never thought <laughs> of a Land that. Rover. Yeah. Well, I think the Land Rover was asking for it.
4: <laughs> was it wearing uh, short mud flaps or something?
5: Rich.
0: Yeah, you <laughs> my got favorite it.
1: part I of
4: the article was like, I thought we were against victim
1: blaming here. Now we're gonna take it out on the on the oh. Land Rover. <laughs> my
3: my favorite well, part I... of the article. Okay, the... hold on. Let them. Says... Dumb... <laughs> All right, who's got? Uh, no, you go, dumbass.
0: You you go ahead, go ahead and go. <laughs> um,
3: my favorite part of the article, um, is where it says the registration number of the Land Rover Discovery was not released to the court. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they're trying to protect the victim, right? Right. Yes. exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, anyways, uh, we have our man Daniel Cooper, who apparently went out drinking. Uh, apparently, he then stripped naked came back into the bar and started having simulated sex with the counter. Then he went outside and started having simulated sex with a random Land Rover. It wasn't even his. It was his car that was basically out there that he just went off on.
0: Uh, I am having trouble with the idea of a Land Rover. It's a good Rover. idea when you're drunk, I guess. Yeah. Uh, a Land Rover as a personal masturbation device.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how drunk you have to be cheaper cheaper. online. School. When I was in anthropology school we did a forensic osteology um class and one of the stories I read was was somebody offing himself accidentally by uh doing autoerotic asphyxiation using a car to tighten the asphyxiating ligature or whatever was around his neck and that went very badly for him. So like I can oh, kind wow. like and I'm I can almost understand how that would evolve, but like humping a Land Rover in the street I just don't get it.
5: That would actually literally be auto-erotic asphyxiation, wouldn't it?
4: <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the guy
2: does claim he doesn't remember a thing, which is probably in some ways good for him, because I don't know if I'd want to remember
4: you know,
5: I'm I'm kind of wondering. He said in the article that he doesn't drink very often, but I'm kind of wondering if one of his friends thought it might be funny to slip him something.
3: Oh, by the way, I love the picture they used in the article. Doesn't he look, like, really surprised as if he was caught in the act of doing something? Yeah. <laughs> he
5: looks kind of mortified, but yeah, he looks surprised.
3: <laughs> but at least he's dressed there.
0: Now, is this a reason to have more CCTV, though? <laughs> awesome. Well... <laughs> I mean to make this a more sobering issue I mean think about the I mean in England there is CCTV everywhere they they are what the are they the number one um city for cameras?
5: That I'm not sure. I'm not I, I'm not 100% correct. clear
0: on what CCTV is. It's closed caption television. They use it oh, okay. they, yeah it's closed
4: circuit.
0: Or closed circuit, right? So it's not public okay. but but in England they they can they can watch like almost every area of the street from you know from these locations. They they have more cameras it makes than people. Some
1: compelling spy television.
0: Well, it could like
1: MI five and stuff like that. They're always able to get whatever's going on 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 video. Yeah, I, so it's that.
0: I, I where did the, I'm assuming this happened in? Doesn't it's I? in England. Yeah, I it don't is. know that yeah. it's in London. Not well. Yeah, I. I it's hard to get away with anything.
1: A so it's a sobering thought to yeah. think that, like you say, that there's no privacy and stuff like that. It is a very different issue than the typical masturbation, uh, Ian's masturbation moment, but um, you know, topic. But it, it is very sobering to think about what we give up with all of this, being able to film everything about each other.
5: Right. Well, I was I was gonna say is it's not it's not much better here because everybody's got a cell phone camera that they can shoot cell phone video with.
4: And is there an expectation of privacy when you take your clothes off on the street? Well,
5: perhaps not. (laughs) I think that probably there should be no expectation of privacy when you're practicing public nudity. Yeah,
2: well, there's a certain level of busy, main streets. It's almost a protection to have the cameras there. I mean, if you're going to go out in public and do something stupid and caught on camera, that's your fault. But it's a, you know if it's an area where you know we know there are muggings and stuff happening, those cameras do make a difference. Do they you know, make a I, difference?
0: I, I think that's the question: is if they actually make a difference. They're, like this one was good in, um, uh, like, for them to go back and get the footage, perhaps. But it might not have stopped the crime in progress. And I think that's that's one of the one of the um, one of the reasons that maybe they aren't actually helping. There is there is a camera for every thirty two people in the UK. Wow.
2: But you think on, on well, this streets is like that, we could get stats yeah, on? Yeah, no, though.
0: yeah. Well, that I just right. I, I did just look this up. That's from the Guardian that I got those numbers from.
4: Is there an well, argument for downstream impacts though? Like if this guy has trouble with alcohol or drugs or whatever? I mean. Or controlling himself, or whatever. Maybe, maybe this is what he needed to stop that behavior from escalating. I don't know.
0: This is one situation, Possibly. and in this particular situation, it, it it did help, you know, give them evidence in order to to prosecute.
2: Well, see, that's how I see it. It's like when the crime happens. Like, well, we have the visual evidence now. You can't deny it, and think that would help the justice system yeah. along.
0: All right. Well, anyway, so let's but let's let's move on because that that that's another topic actually for a whole show I think yeah. uh, on Can I privacy. Make, uh, one more comment on this one? Yeah, please. Okay. Um, I, I noticed that
5: the image of the Land Rover that's in the article is a library image, but it's still got the license plate blurred. blurred out.
2: <laughs> I noticed that <laughs> protecting the innocent. <laughs> that Land Rover wasn't even involved in the situation. All right, there guys, come on.
0: Let's erect another story. Let's talk about prone masturbation
3: or traumatic (laughs)
0: masturbation.
3: Yes. Uh, well, uh, this um, uh, topic has to do with a form of masturbation known as prone masturbation. It's a type of masturbation that involves lying prone on your stomach with your hands underneath your body and manip- manipulating your genitals, uh, usually through your clothes. Um, now, it would probably be an invasion of privacy to ask who here has practiced this form of masturbation, but perhaps you guys could be so kind as to raise your hand if you have, and the audience can guess who did so by listening to the rustling. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, some surprising results there. <laughs> Any- anyway, I came across a post on Reddit which claimed that prone masturbation can lead to a condition called traumatic masturbatory syndrome, or TMS. Now, what he said was that masturbating prone leads to nerve damage and other problems, and he provided to a link to a he provided a link to a site and it's called Prepare Yourself for This HealthyStrokes dot <laughs> Uh, HealthyStrokes.com, a site about masturbation and you. I didn't make that up. That's their slogan. <laughs> um, the HealthyStrokes.com website is run by the man by a man by the name of Douglas Adams, and I know that that name probably rings a bell when I say it. Uh, Your mind immediately jumps to one certain man by that name. So let me assure everybody right up front that this website is not affiliated in any way with the Douglas Adams, who is an American television producer for the NBC Nightly News with Brian Williams. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's good to know. (laughs) This is just some little-known random guy who happens to have the same name. Now, this Douglas Adams presents himself as an expert on masturbatory health matters, and he has an expert profile page on the website allexperts.com under the category celibacy slash abstinence, though he takes pains to make clear that he doesn't advocate celibacy or abstinence in general and that his interest is more with masturbation issues, though he takes, quote, all questions pertaining to sexuality, end quote. So he's presenting himself on as an expert in the subject of uh, sexuality um, under education slash credentials. He writes, quote, I have a Ph.D. in a field unrelated to sexuality from one of the leading educational institutions in the world, end quote, which is to say that he is not an expert in either sexuality or health in any way at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right.
3: Well, I give him points for being honest about that and not trying to obfuscate it. I actually kind of like it when plain old non-expert dumbasses like myself gather information and try to inform people about issues that they find important. I'm even okay with people challenging the quote-unquote experts to an extent, but uh, but it has to be done right. You need a certain amount of humility, you can't approach it with an attitude that you know more than the experts do, or that the experts are being willfully ignorant. Now, to my knowledge, Mr. Adams has not overtly expressed this kind of opinion, but from talking to him and those who believe in TMS, I get the distinct impression that their opinion is we know what we know and who cares about the experts if they think otherwise. Anyway, back to my little encounter on Reddit. I responded to the person who made the claim and expressed my doubts that this was a real condition. As part of my response, I linked to a page from Columbia University uh, where they have a division called Columbia Health where they run a health question and answer series called Go Ask Alice. According to the website, the question and answers are done by a team of health specialists with advanced advanced degrees in public health, health education, medicine, counseling, and other relevant fields. In other words, actual experts. I think you can see where this is going. Uh, A concerned individual wrote to Alice to ask whether he should be concerned about TMS, and Alice answered, yeah, it turns out that the term TMS comes from a 1998 journal article by one Dr. Lawrence Sank. He submitted a case theory of four men who were experiencing erectile dysfunction and delayed orgasms during sex. He theorized that this had to do with their use of prone masturbation, and when he had them stop doing it, they were apparently cured. But, as Alice makes clear, this was not, this was just a proposal of one doctor based on a tiny number of case studies. This condition is not recognized by the rest of the medical community, and without any actual research showing prone masturbation to be a risk factor for erectile dysfunction, it might as well be pure speculation. Anyway, on Reddit, another, another user responded to my doubts, and he assured me that... May I swear on this podcast?
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah, please Basically. swear away. Okay.
3: Okay, he assured me from personal experience that, quote, TMS fucks your shit up. Can't get fully hard, can't stay hard, bad times for everyone. And, quote, I probably foolishly answered him, I explained that personal experience and case studies are unreliable and can't be used to identify new medical conditions or risk factors. I pointed out that a condition like erectile dysfunction especially can be caused and cured by a large variety of variable variables, and that it's impossible to narrow down the significant ones from mere experience and case studies. What you need are actual clinical studies. His response was that, sure, we should get on those clinical studies, but in the meantime, it would be irresponsible not to warn people of the dangers of TMS. So I tried to explain to him that he had it back. Clinical studies are the only way you can demonstrate that any condition or risk factor even exists. If you haven't shown that TMS is actually a thing, then you can't really tell people that they need to avoid it. Now, at this point, my insistence that TMS was not medically recognized started to make him angry with me. He started to use some very colorful and quite interesting language. Quote, Tore up your zip tore up your dick in a zipper is not medically recognized as a unique unique condition leading to blood loss but lacerations are TMS is not medically recognized but erectional dysfunction is end quote cute analogy but the fact is that there's no medical doubt that a penis can be physically hurt by devices such as zippers at the same time uh, the same can't be said for prone masturbation. My friend reiterated that TMS had been shown to lead to sexual dysfunction in numerous case studies, completely missing my point that case studies can never show any such thing. He said, quote, Not warning of the behavior is wildly irresponsible and, frankly, a little sociopathic, end quote. And he ended with the sentence, quote, Don't be an asshole, end quote. So, <laughs> apparently, I'm a sociopathic asshole.
5: <laughs> apparently so.
3: Anyway, after a little more back and forth, he, assur- he asked me this interesting question, quote, why do you feel that jamming your dick that jamming your dick in a zipper for some reason needs less consensus than crushing your dick with a one-way pressure response? End quote. Now, I'm going to try to avoid going into the ter- territory of too much information, but in, 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 the, interest of full dis- <laughs> in the interest <laughs> of full disclosure, I will briefly admit that I have performed this type of masturbation, and I feel pretty confident in saying that if you're crushing it, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Well after some after some more back and forth, my uh do you have something to say?
5: I was gonna say, do you have any uh experience regarding slicing your genitals in a zipper? <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, if that, we that have would any, make any me jump of, uh, a bit
2: when you said that. <laughs> I,
5: I was just gonna see if we have any sort of uh any sort of a uh Well we need a comparative study. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh zippers versus uh, uh anyway. <laughs> <laughs> zippers
5: versus Johnson.
3: Right. After some more back and forth, forth, my opponent started to argue that I was wrong and that case studies were actually extremely valuable evidence. Now, on that count, he is just factually wrong, and there are no two ways about it. This isn't something that the scientific community is split on. Case studies can show possible areas of research, and they can demonstrate conditions that we already know to exist, but they can't determine new conditions or risk factors. End of story. I told him that he can ask any medical researcher, and they'd tell him the same thing. Uh, To which he responded, quote, I asked a medical research in the next room over. I'm right, end quote. Which is to say, he lied. <laughs> <laughs> so I called him out on it and told him that he w- if he was going to argue that way, then I saw no point in continuing the conversation. I refused to answer him after that. Now, that's not quite the end of it, because not long after that, I got a message on Reddit from Douglas Adams himself. And once I got, and once I got done talking to the American television producer of the NBC Nightly News with Brian Williams, I got a message from the Healthy Strokes guy. <laughs> I think we can all... <laughs> I think we can all tell what probably happened there. Mr. Penis Crusher sent a message to Mr. Adams saying, Hey, this guy doesn't believe in TMS. Please set him straight. Well, anyway, Mr. Adams had a couple of interesting things to say. He asked me to consider an online survey he conducted which showed that people masturbate that people who masturbate prone have a higher level of sexual dysfunction than the general population. And he tried to convince me that I was wrong about case studies. Well, regarding his survey, we all here know how far you can trust online polls, right?
0: They're 100% um, accurate. Trust them implicitly
3: Well, um, I had a look at the information he had uh, regarding the survey on his website And I noticed something interesting His sample population showing how strong the link was between prone masturbation and sexual dysfunction Came from a TMS support group Uh, This is a group of people who already believe that they're suffering from their style of masturbation So it's a self-selected sample Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of a no-brainer that when he compares their results to those of regular people answering an online survey, that the TMS group will report a higher correlation. Now, what he had to say about case studies is really interesting, and I think it deserves some attention. Quote, I also don't know why you are bad-mouncing the case study method. New diseases can only be studied this way. Wars can only be studied this way. Global crises can only be studied this way. There was never a second World War II, a second American Civil War, a second Cuban Missile Crisis. Anything learned from those events was learned from case studies. AIDS was established as a disease on the basis of only three patients. There has never been a second case of Elephant Man's disease. It takes a long time before there are enough cases of something that quantitative and population-based studies are possible. Until then, we get by with case studies, and if they're done correctly, that's all we need. End quote. Now let's go over this. No, AIDS was not established as a disease on the basis of only three patients. The first AIDS patients weren't even recognized as having a new disease at first. There were five of them, and they were suffering from a rare form of pneumonia. If it had only been those five, AIDS would never have been discovered. What caused the CDC to take notice was the fact that two months later, there were over 100 clustered cases of either PCP, a rare form of pneumonia, or Kar- Kar- Kaposky's sarcoma, a rare form of cancer. And the number was growing. AIDS was not discovered through case studies, but by tracking a growing population of people who were developing very rare diseases at an alarming rate. As for Joseph Merrick, the elephant man, he may be an interesting case study, but that, that's all he was. There is no recognized disease called Elephant Man's disease. Medicine has learned nothing from his case that could possibly help anybody else. And regarding the study of historical wars, I think it would be obvious to that two very different fields like history and medicine, by necessity, require very different methods of study and research. Mr. Adams also mentioned that he's phasing out the term traumatic masturbatory syndrome in favor of just using prone masturbation. At the time, he still used the term on his website, but I checked it recently, and he's been as good as his word in removing it. Perhaps that has something to do with the fact that he got into an argument over the Wikipedia page for TMS that he created. A a debate which he lost, the page deleted. That's almost beside the point, though, since one, it's not his term, and two, plenty of people have been convinced by his website and still consider themselves to be suffering from something called TMS. Uh, Mr. Adams concluded his message by signing off as Douglas Adams, PhD. As if to say, that's right, I've got an advanced degree, buddy. (laughs) Anyway, here's the bottom line. During my research, whenever I came across information of TMS from actual medical professionals, the consensus was that this isn't a medically recognized problem. I even, I even asked a couple of doctors, including Dr. Charles Morrison of Viroligiosophy, what he thought, and the answer was that it was nonsense. Now, to be clear, this isn't a particularly dangerous form of nonsense. Uh, Mr. Adams recommends teaching children about the proper way to masturbate as part of sex education. I've personally learned worse nonsense in school. But I thought as this whole incident made for a really interesting demonstration of how people with the best intentions can fool themselves into thinking they're doing good by taking on a cause without consulting actual experts. A recent and more prominent example of the same thing would be Michelle Obama telling Americans that they can be healthier if they just drink one more glass of water per day which is based on the thoroughly debunked myth that people these days are chronically dehydrated. And the believers in TMS have very strong feelings about it. I've gotten messages on Reddit months after this whole thing passed, and the people are very annoyed with me that I'm trying to cast doubt on something they know is real. I just have to explain to them that even if it is real, you need scientific evidence in order to prove it, and it's not completely out of the question that there may be a connection here. It's just that in medicine, you need more evidence. So, uh, thanks very much for giving me the time to ramble on about this. I hope you found it interesting.
0: <laughs> well, we certainly did. <laughs> well, so no, I, I mean, I did have, I did have a couple, you know, reading through this, there there was some things that that made me think that that there could be. I mean, like you say, if people are doing it wrong. I mean if there if if somebody was using too much pressure to masturbate couldn't that translate to them not being able to orgasm as well with a partner? It well, could possibly.
3: Um, uh it's there's it's poss- possibly there's something there. My thought on this was cuz I, I know you uh, Brian posted some uh extra uh articles on this uh to the notes here. Um there were a number of them uh, mostly were uh, anecdotes but Yeah. these anecdotes were people who were saying um, that uh, they masturbated exclusively this way. And I got to thinking, well, you know, may be, maybe there is a thing there. If you, ex- if you masturbate exclusively that way, maybe, you know, um, you're not used to the other types of sensations. And maybe that, maybe it's more like a mental thing. Like uh, the, they look at it more as a physical thing. But maybe it is more of a mental thing that you're used to, the sensations of prone masturbation, and you can't uh, easily get used to the sen- other sensations of other types of met- masturbation or sexual contact.
4: Like, maybe you need the ritual or something.
0: Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think there could be something there. I mean, not to the extent that, that, that this guy is trying to make a syndrome out of it. Right. But certainly, yeah. like, if you're used to a certain type of pressure or you do things a certain way, it might throw you off in another situation that, that certainly could happen. Well, so his you know, claim, there are, I just
4: no, have no, sorry, a question. You can go ahead. His claim isn't that it's a repetitive motion injury. Like,
3: Um, it it seems to be something more along the lines of a repetitive motion injury, some sort of uh, more uh, physical-related damage. Uh, I've heard, uh, I'm not sure uh, that he has the claim on the website, but a number of the proponents say that uh, it has to do with nerve damage, which seems highly implausible to me.
2: wouldn't sex Uh, the the same thing, though? That's one thing that didn't quite make sense, is why masturbation in that sense would cause the damage, while sex in itself wouldn't, because it's the same motion.
0: Well, if you're if you're prone and you are crushing your penis into something, it's not the same as a vagina.
3: I don't think people would really be able to crush their penis that hard. I mean, that that, that would cause a lot of pain if you really went really hard at it. Sure. Yeah.
2: yeah, and and having regular sex, I'd pulled all the way out and tried to go back in and miss, and that has hurt.
0: <laughs> so. so my other question is that
4: solution seems like maybe instead of a support group, you just – like you were saying, mix it up a little bit, try something different. That <laughs> well, it's hard to believe, you know. The idea that
0: the idea that you'd need to learn to masturbate properly seems probably crazy to many guys because we all figured it out, right? Um, but you know, who knows?
3: Well, uh, so my, my it, only point on this is, is not that it couldn't be true because the you know, there's possibly something there, but you, you can't act as though it's a given fact and uh, tell people oh you need to do this right because no that, that's just putting the putting the uh, eggs before the chicken yeah
4: absolutely why do you think people are so um, emotionally involved with maintaining it as a syndrome though why are they so resistant to it not being a syndrome I wonder
5: I wonder if it's not I, I think it's maybe trying to find a reason why they aren't able to do what they think they should be able to
2: well, we as a society Why have messed edge. up ideas about masturbation, and I think that's part of it. Okay. And then, yeah, you know, like Max said, looking for excuses.
0: The, the reason I put this one anecdote up here is because it, the, the answer to, is, to this is all in his first two sentences. When I was 19, I tried to have sex for the first time. I was with a girl, and I couldn't get erect very well. It's actually the, – the, the, it's it's the, the, the problem is actually in the very first sentence. It was his first time. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's a, it's, it, it, who, what, what was the situation like? What was it? How awkward was it? Did how well did he know this girl? I mean, what, what was, it? what else was happening there? I mean, that can be a very nerve wracking thing. And so he's so, you know, so he thinks he's got to perform and, and that kind of anxiety can cause you to not be able to perform.
3: Yeah. There are many factors get, that can lead to um you experiencing uh, sexual dysfunction and to uh, to the sexual dysfunction going away so it's kind of uh ki- kind of uh, interesting that you know uh, we put uh, cause and effect but um really you, you don't know what happened there even the person who was involved uh, probably doesn't know exactly what all the factors were
0: right and the and the fact that he felt that he was supposed to be able to perform meant that he thought there was something wrong with him so he right. so now he so now he's already decided he's got this problem even though it, it, his problem was probably more anxiety than anything else. I, I don't know the situation. But because now he thinks he has a problem, now he has to find a solution. And, and, and now he finds, oh, well, it's because I was masturbating prone. So now he switches his masturbation style and becomes comfortable. I mean, I, I don't know exactly. But my, my, my point is is it just because you aren't able to perform once in a new situation does not a problem make so, yeah. so that, so that's what, the only reason that I put up that anecdote, you, you're right, it was totally an anecdote, but that's why I put it up there is because he starts out right from the beginning. It was, he was 19, it was his first time having sex. So, and the the other one was less interesting. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, are we done with that?
2: yes we're um, going to talking about
0: Anna the no no first I want to talk about boycotts oh, well that's okay. that I mean that's All why right. I asked and and we don't have to have a long discussion about it right we've got we, we've already been going for a half hour so I mean basically the the reason that some of this came up is we were talking about Orson Scott card right and and I had made the comment that I, I was less interested in going to see what he has to do uh, I don't necessarily know that I was advocating a boycott I was just giving a a, a personal feeling about things. Less
4: interested because of Yeah, because of some
0: of the stuff he was saying and stuff like that.
4: Regarding homosexuality.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it, it, it put me off. I felt put off by it. But one of the things that we were talking about is like we didn't want to put our money toward that because we would be supporting what they were doing. And that is we did kind of allude to that, if not outright Mm -hmm. say it right
3: well the the uh, yeah the Orson scott card thing uh, i thought was the less interesting uh, part of the whole thing but okay. um i i will say that uh, i have no problem with anybody uh, deciding that uh they have uh bad feelings about a certain author and uh it, it leaves a bad taste in their mouth to you know read his work so uh you know that that's a personal dis- decision i just you know because Uh, the articles that you linked to were calling for a boycott, and you mentioned that they were calling for a boycott. And it makes me uncomfortable when we talk about boycotting an author just for an opinion he holds. I think it kind of cheapens uh, the use of the word boycott, uh, the same word that we used to refer to, for example, the example I used was the Montgomery bus boycott, which was uh, designed to actually achieve some sort of social uh, change, uh, rights, uh, a social injustice uh, by forcing a policy change,
0: hey, I guess you might, um, one of the one of the, the the reasons that that the discussion was interesting was that, you know, you were saying that after you spend your money, that what what it did after that was what you, you were not responsible for, and I think that was the piece where I was like, well, wait a second, I'm not sure I agree with that. Because okay, uh, and and I think that that was the piece for me that that was interesting because it's like I wasn't I I I don't I don't really care about the boys' cop myself. What what I decided to do personally, I, I may tell you, but I but I'm not going to advocate that you do it just because I said so. But the thing I think that is important is that where we spend our money can actually do. Could, could it potentially do help things or, or, or do harm, harm things? If we know that when, that we spend money with a company that is, I don't know, using nets to catch tuna instead of using a dolphin safe way to do it, if we can, if we can establish that, you know, our money by spending our money one way might get this other, this competitor to change the way that they're doing stuff, I think that there is value in, in looking at where our money is going.
3: Right. Um, well, um, well, I know you were, uh, eager to uh, argue about this so um I-, I want to uh well i'm
0: not necessarily eager to argue about it maybe maybe we don't have a disagreement <laughs> Well
3: uh, I-, I can i can see where you're coming from there is what is what i'm saying here um well uh let's um I- I've- let's uh get get an example here um things get a little bit messy when we're talking about corporations because the idea of responsibility is more diffuse so um let's simplify things by making this about a business uh that's a sole proprietorship, uh, meaning that one person is responsible for the business and where the, where the money goes. Um, so if I'm the business owner, uh, I assume that you believe that I have the same responsibility as my customer might, that uh, I should do all I can to make sure that my money isn't going towards causes I don't agree with. It, with uh, Would that be right? I, yeah, I,
0: I have mixed feelings about this be, because there's, there, because at some point, there's only so much you can do. And so, yeah. So, um, if you're, I selling- think they're very.
1: I think that's very important. There are definitely yeah. diminishing returns on watching every dollar you do.
0: Right. So, you know, no. For I example, don't, 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 I have what? to go out
1: and buy laundry detergent. Where I buy it from, I can make some small difference. But I'm not getting my money out of the laundry detergent world entirely. I can't. I need it. So, I mean. And, and again, when it comes into these big decisions, you know, it may be that I don't like this one product that is carried next to my laundry detergent. There's generally just so much you can really factor in there, I think, until you have to kind of let it go a little bit. No but matter if we had all the time you... in the world, it would be great
4: if every no matter... decision was meaningful. I want to go down the path with agreeing, though, that, yeah, if you are a sole okay. proprietor and you, I think you have a responsibility to spend your money how you how you feel like you need to do it, just so, like I
0: do. I guess we should right. uh, let's let's say it's a garment shop, and you have your choice to buy them from a sweatshop in China or an American-made garment or Canadian. I mean, I don't know. Do you guys make garments? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, sure. Uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can I insult Canadians no. on this on this podcast? No,
4: Canadians are nice. <laughs> I grew up in Montana. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I've seen enough Uh, South Park. I know everything I need to know
3: about Canadians. Uh, Uh, but um I, I got um uh, a little bit of a scenario in my head here. Um So let's say that in my business, I have one employee. It's, it's a small business, and he's a diligent worker, and I have no complaints about his performance. But let's say that one day I somehow discover that he gives most or even all of the money I pay him to some org- organization that discriminates against gays. Now, I grant you that's an extreme scenario, but perhaps he has such strong feelings about this that he's willing to live with his parents and never buy anything for himself just so that he can support this cause. That means that a significant portion of my income is going directly to supporting this cause. Should I fire this employee? And if your answer is yes, my next question would be: How do you feel? How would you feel if your boss decided to fire you because he disapproved of how you were going to spend your money,
4: or because I was an atheist? Probably very
5: unemployed. Yeah, I, well, wow,
2: but that, that also applies to like some of the bigger Christian businesses right now that are fighting against Obamacare and such. Because oh, if um. That's going to go and put money into birth control and sterilization and abortions and such. And they'll say, no, no, we don't want to have to pay for all that because we're against it.
4: So do you just and fire the employees who need birth
0: control? Well, I mean, no, 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 no. obviously you don't fire the employee because you'll get sued. <laughs> I mean, okay. it, it, that, the what I, but I would, but no, I, I don't fire the employee. And I, I, um, it's unfortunate, you know, but, uh, but I, I, in that situation, no, I don't. But now if I'm buying something, as a, as way. a change it around oh, a little bit and yeah. have it
1: be in a have it be a supplier,
0: right? See, that's the that difference. you choose it, yeah. to buy
1: your stuff from. That's a very different situation. I, Employees I so and purchasers that's, are not but, the same people.
3: That's it's a, a different that's not power equivalent dynamic. one. Is a different power. Absolutely. But
0: is it really different, or does it just feel different? It's a slippery no, slope. I think it is, is different. Whiteheads. Okay. Well, the, um, the
3: thing is that when you're when you're an employee, you're selling a service to your employer. Um, how is that different? The, the only thing I can think of that's really different from any other service that your employer might buy is that you have an open ended contract with them.
1: I'm is there some sure. other difference oh, yeah, that yeah. I'm missing? The employer-employee relationship and the purchaser-supplier relationship are very, very different. You can you can extrapolate from me going to Walmart to Walmart using brand X to supply their pillows. That is an equivalency. An employer-employee relationship is not. You're, you're doing apples and oranges. I just don't think it's a fair
3: equivalent. But what about a contractor then?
1: I think you absolutely should fire a contractor you don't agree
4: with.
0: Me too. Yeah, it it is because when I when I'm looking at a vendor to buy something, I, I have different criteria than I do from from an employee that's working for me.
5: I see. It's, does I the contractor agree. does the contractor do a good job? Does he do the job that you asked him to do? Also, this is, is not a like government me.
1: contractor, and I am not the government making a decision as to who's getting the money. I just want to put that out there too because that's a again a very different thing. If it's my private money, I should be able to choose my contractors. Once I en- enter an employee employer situation, that's a little bit different.
4: Well, in the US, there are specific questions that you're not allowed to ask your employees in a job interview, whereas if you were vetting a subcontractor or a supplier, you could find these things out.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean,
3: who, I don't know
4: if that
0: makes
3: it. Who has more of the responsibility um so I, I guess your uh, contention is that uh, uh, an employee has more of a right uh, to uh, uh, his uh, his own uh, what what he does with his money after you give it to him. You you have less of a right to see that that money is uh, going where you wanted to. Now, um, do you have a right to ask uh, that employers or that uh, uh, that businesses uh, tell you exactly how they're spending their money? Is that something that you have a right to know?
5: I don't think you have a right to know that. Yeah, probably I not. I think that you know you could you could easily make the if you could make the argument that you want to boycott a business for their for what they support, you could make the argument that a business might want might not want to pay their employees if the employees are doing something the business doesn't like.
4: Well, I think the problem with the with with the business thing, though, is that there's okay. a lot that I don't – I'm ignorant of a lot of the businesses and how they spend their money. But the few that we named, like Chick-fil-A and whatnot in the other podcast, they make that a point of pride, right? So yeah. they use it as part of their advertising to try to gain more customers by, by publicly stating their support for whatever it is.
5: Well, they make Not it true. a point of pride, but – You know, at least this is a business that you know what they stand for.
4: That's true. You
5: may not like what they stand for, but at the very least, you know what they do stand for.
4: I And they're taking a gamble.
5: I will tell you this about Chick-fil-A is that I don't believe I've ever had an unpleasant experience with any of their employees. No, In fact, there was that
2: one video that came out shortly after the boycott was done of uh, the guy going through the drive-thru just to get a glass of water and more or less harassing the employee.
0: Yeah, see, that's unfortunate. Which,
2: that was crossing the line. And it's like, no, oh, you know, it's one thing to have a problem with the company. It's another thing to really... Make a big deal to the employee. Like, what if your you know,
4: employee? It, back to the Demas example, though. What if your employee shows up with like a T-shirt or a bumper sticker, or a, not a bumper sticker, like a T-shirt or a badge or something that says something hateful on it that you don't want to be associated with your business? Do you have a right to ask them to turn their T-shirt inside out or yes. take that badge absolutely.
5: off? Absolutely, I think yeah, you. I think absolutely. you should because at that point they're damaging your pers- your your business public image. But you know what I was saying. The point I was making is you know if you do a service does the does the business you work for can they withhold money because they don't like the way you're going to spend it?
4: Not if you've already performed the service, I don't think
0: I guess you the only thing I would say is that my my thing is is if somebody as part of their advertising says that they do X and I don't like X, I'm probably likely to go somewhere else. And, and get that service somewhere else. And it, it isn't. It, and it isn't a, necessarily a firm rule of thumb, right? If they have a product that I really want, I, I'm, I'm, I might. Yeah, depending on it, just it, it depends on the situation. And I'm not. And I'm not saying that we should be responsible for every dollar that we spend. But I think that there are situations where, 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 where we spend our money can make an impact. And in those situations, perhaps we should make an effort to do so.
3: Well, let me just say this. Uh, my feelings on the subject is basically that we shouldn't know uh, where our money – we have no reason to really even know where our money goes after we uh, spend it, uh, after we give it to somebody for uh, their goods or services. Uh, I feel like if I give my uh, – buy something from a vendor somewhere, uh, say it's a sole proprietorship, I shouldn't know whether he's going to turn around and uh, donate that money to a cause that I disapprove of. That's none of my business. And now maybe I'm being a little naive uh, here in saying this because, of course, it is the case that often we do know because often companies like to play up, as, as you guys were saying, li- like to uh, play to a certain base or whatever and say, hey, we support this um, charity or whatever. And um, that—that's one of those things that it kind of bugs me that they even say that, that we even know that. But the question of what you do after you know that—that's something that um, uh, it's uh, difficult for me to think about okay. because it's, I don't even want to know that in the first place. Okay. Well, let me give I you think, another
0: scenario. I
5: think that no matter where you spend your money, somebody's going to do something you're not
3: going to like with it.
0: Yeah. But but let me but let me give you another scenario. You have Company X and Company Y, and they both provide D. Right, okay. company X has has good practices about in the environment and not polluting, and the other company doesn't. That they, we know that they're that they're polluting and and that, that that they're not as environmentally conscious.
5: Definitely go with Y. You're going
0: to get a cheaper service there.
5: <laughs> well, and oh, that know, might that- be true. I think
3: there's a, there's also a difference between, um, uh, between a company, uh, donating to an advocacy organization that you may happen to disapprove of and, um, a company's practices and how they'll affect the environment and everybody. Yeah. I, sure. I, and I agree, and
0: I totally agree with that. So I guess, I guess my point in, in that being, I guess, we, there are some situations where certainly where we spend our money can make a difference. And in those situations, we we should try to be conscientious. But I, you're also right that just because a company is giving money to an advocacy organization that I wouldn't doesn't necessarily mean that I shouldn't buy the product if I really like it. And I, and I However, understand that. However,
2: in general, due to human a, nature, we're going to be drawn to the companies that say we have the same values as you
0: do. That's true. Right.
2: So there is a level there where, you know, while – I want to see Ender's game. I am torn. I probably will see it, although it helps that, um, you know, during the podcast, I presented both sides, or since got cards claims, and then the studio itself claims. And the studio says, Hey, we share the same values you do, which says, Okay, I can support the studio, even if I have an issue with the author himself. My,
5: well, know, this, yeah, but you can't support them for the fact that they, that they. You know the simple fact that they employ Harrison Ford, and that's that's not good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, and and you know what? And actually, Ian, your dad made the point that I can't even go steal the book because the author will get paid anyway. Right. I love yeah. that he
4: made an Abby Hoffman reference in the email
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's fantastic. But you know,
5: on on the other hand, back to the Chick Fil A thing, I realize. Can, can I jump this. in real quick? Yes, please.
1: So I, I just find it interesting, dumbass, that you went on with so much stuff about uh, in in your masturbation article about evidence and stuff like that. And then your claim on how you want your money spent is based on willful ignorance. I don't want to know. What have. I will. That is not information I'm seeking. I don't want it. I, I, I do I, I understand that. I just wanted to point out the irony of it because I enjoy that kind
4: of thing. <laughs>
0: I don't think we have as big a disagreement as I was hoping that we did. All right. Well, thank you for coming and having that discussion with me. No problem. (laughs) All right. So we do have a couple of other things. Uh Uh-oh. They're all gone.
5: Yeah. We're moving the animal stuff to the next podcast. Oh, we are.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, we. Okay. I,
5: I was kind of expecting we'd get to it a little earlier. So. I'm sorry about that, Mac.
0: That's okay.
1: We had good conversation. It was a good Wait conversation. If I understand correctly, I have now to look forward to birds instead of being surprised by yes, them. Yes,
0: yes, yeah. yes. You do. See,
4: Kimberly, here's the willful ignorance thing again. If you <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want now. I want my ignorance back.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Well, then let's talk about some victories for common sense.
2: This was a cracked article that I saw and I was like, oh, we have to cover it, and then like the next day, every single psychic um or not psychic, sorry, every single skeptic uh, site on Facebook was linking to it as well. Um and it it just is really a perfect skeptic article. The six most humiliating public failures by celebrity psychics. Alright. Now, now the first one we all more or less know, Yuri Geller is exposed on the Johnny Carson. Is there anyone who's not familiar with this bit?
5: I've heard of this. Who's Yuri Geller? It's <laughs> the spoon bender guy? <laughs> really? Who's Johnny Carson? Probably he was the, the guy people? who was Jay Leno before Jay Leno was Jay Leno. Right, that guy. <laughs>
4: You guys are a lot younger than I am if you don't remember Johnny Carson. <laughs> no,
5: we, no, have, we, we all, all know Johnny, Johnny Carson. Carson. Yeah. Right, but but. So
2: anyway, the basic setup there was Geller was going on the Johnny Carson show, and Carson and Randy had gotten together and said, okay, let's get a table together of stuff that Geller's not touched and see if he could actually do anything with them. And if you look at the clip, a lot of really odd pauses because, like, okay, I, you know, it's clear Geller can't do a thing, and he's like trying to come up with excuses. And Carson's just in the, go, do, okay, well, go well, on. And it, it, it's definitely one of those things that reveals the hopes And it was perfectly done. But I think this is the most famous one on here. Right. Uh, okay. Well, now, so if, you, if you're if you not familiar with it, um, watch the didn't, video. It's
5: didn't definitely... Carson also expose some psychic named Karnak on there? <laughs>
2: no, he never exposed that psychic.
0: Yeah, actually, ahead. actually, he Carnac was a regular, regularly appeared on his show, and he was never able to debunk him. That's right. They never appeared on stage at the same
5: time, which is really weird. Oddly enough,
0: though, he never got anything right. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 if I had a managed jar, I'd do much better. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, the
2: next one, we're going to jump across the pond here to the UK um, on a BBC show. This, um, let's see, I have to find the name of the show again. Anyways, um, on the show, the, the, they set up a fake boss, the, the, um, of the, the, a fake old boss of this candy company named George Bull. They set the whole thing up. They create a fake bio, put it on the website for the candy factory. They put a picture of the guy in the building. You know, they have all the, it's, it's completely, totally fake as it gets. Then they have three psychics come and give reading about the place. And two of the psychics very clearly had done their homework. And it gotten online to find out what they could about the place. They, they both go into the thing about who he is and him being trampled by horses and all this stuff that was completely made up. And the other, the third one is really amusing because, um, you get to the picture of this, um, fake boss named George Bull and he looks at the picture and suddenly, and the picture has a little plaque below it saying George Bull and he's suddenly getting a name, a name, Bull, Bull, George Bull. <laughs> And later, when he's called on that, he claims, "Well, I can't read without my glasses, so I couldn't see the plaque." Nah. <laughs> but basically, um, one of the psychics comes comes clean and says, "Yeah, he kind of did her homework." Uh, the other one who definitely did his homework, um, came up with the excuse. Oh well, I was just reading what was on your mind because sometimes that flows through, and you know, just basically coming off with the BS excuse. Wow, so you that's know, a good yeah, <laughs> something you can't control for. <laughs> So, and on to the next one. Um, basically, uh this guy, I guess, does a uh, psychic hotline thing and he does it live on air for some reason. Not the smartest thing to do. So, someone actually calls him up and basically gives him the story from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air at parts even basically
3: saying the theme song.
4: And it, the guy that's popular he... one to
3: use in these kind of things, isn't it?
4: <laughs> Which I can't get out of my head now, ever since I read this article. I've got the <laughs> <laughs> You know,
5: maybe that's just not fair to do overseas though, because Well he I caught don't on him. a
2: little while. He was he was you know Going off and say, "Well, you need to do this. Maybe um, your friends. You need to catch up with your friends. The they're on Facebook. I'm sure of it. Get on Facebook. And find your friends that you left behind." That's
3: <laughs> not really psychic stuff, though. That's just it, like it, a, it's just not general but, advice.
2: But the way he does it, he's acting like some sort of psychic thing. And uh, so finally, he, he does catch on after the, you know the guy really kind of pushes it. It's, it takes him a little while to put it all together, but. Yeah, and no, you're right. That's the whole thing. It wasn't psychic. It was just giving basic advice, but he passed it off as so, these. Let's see the ne- Oh, the next one. I love this one. Apparently, in Australia, they have a show called The One.
0: Yeah. Now, actually, this is this is an interesting program because there is actually a skeptic on the show. Richard Saunders was on the show as the resident skeptic. But so basically,
2: what the show idea is, is, that um they're saying it's like American Idol except for a psychic. And basically, mm-hmm. they get they, they got the top ten psychic. In Australia, together. And they will compete to see which one is the best psychic of them all. And uh, um the task given to them here is they are put in a wilderness area and they have to find the helicopter. They're given whatever, you know, various things of the helicopter pilot and a map. And they're told to use their psychic powers to find the helicopter. Well, out of ten of them, only four of them actually find the helicopter. A couple of them who don't find the helicopter actually walk within about 10, 20 feet of it and then curve back around. And most of them just seem to, like, dwindle
4: aimlessly through the woods. Okay. What kills me about this is they have a map. Like, there's only so many places you could land a helicopter in a forested area. They, that they be... have a map.
3: Now, can you, know? can you douse for helicopters? <laughs> <laughs>
4: You and could look at the topography. The
0: you need you to have a little bit of fuel, though, to start with. You know, to get the dowsing rod. You know, um, <laughs> you know, set up right. And they didn't give them that.
2: But then the, the, the most ridiculous thing is, if you look at the video at the end, they actually have one of the show's hosts going, "You guys nailed this challenge," and it's sort of like. What the fuck? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I think four out of ten is probably pretty much straightforward pure chance. I, I think you can get a group of ten people and any four of them could probably find the helicopter under the same circumstance. So, like, yeah, woman. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they they had helped. a
4: map and they couldn't figure out where to I – mean, If you look, look at the map they give you, you can see there's, there's basically there's only, one one place. One there's only one place to put a helicopter. But –
2: the psychic powers apparently weren't able to deduce, to deduce that.
4: They were trying too hard. They just you needed
2: know, to... <laughs> that's what, they had excuses. They said, they're like, oh, well, you know, it, it's all the stress of the challenge. I, I wasn't relaxed enough,
3: stuff like that. The helicopter didn't believe in psychic powers. But that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No
2: kidding. <laughs> uh, and then the next two are basic cold-weeding ones, which are great. Um, is this the guy?
0: Yeah, yeah James th- on Prague
2: yeah he, the, man he, he didn't get anything right
0: no he's he's awful
2: yeah the, james van prog is on an australian talk show called the circle and he's doing cold reading and it's your basic bs cold readings crap but he's not hitting at all he is way off over and over again and you know finally the host i think he has to step in and kind of say okay that was great you know <laughs> We'll try not make him look any more of a fool, but he he looked so stupid on that one. Oh.
0: yeah. Well, Wait. I saw another I saw another thing with him where he you know he did a reading for some guy and he he did it pretty well. Um, and so the host you know finds somebody that he somebody else because he went back and he he looked through. He's like, well, could he have known this? And he looked through you know everything everything that he he brought up was all online somewhere. Right, so he got another guy, or, or I think it was a woman, or maybe it was the producer, and did, and he did a reading for her, f- completely wrong. So he does. So it seems like he does hot readings a lot of the time too. We just can't prove it.
4: Right,
2: but in this case, he really. I mean, th- this was bad even for a cold reader. It was like, wow. Yeah. Oh no. Okay, the next one's not cold. Next one. <laughs> oh God, circle <it> <laughs> The fighting. Oh my God. The oh. The f- the final one is a psychic fighter is no match for an actual fighter. Oh. And basically you have, um I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. This old man. This old man who claims to be an expert in the art of kaya, or psychic fighting. Oh, His technique allegedly allows him to defeat his opponents without touching them. Now, you, you get a clip of him <laughs> fighting his students, and yeah. he's doing all sorts of kung fu waved at them, and they don't get anywhere near him, they go flying, and it looks like really bad stunts like, these are guys who maybe did one day of stunt training on how to fall properly and didn't quite pick up on how to make
0: it look realistic. They're, because they, they don't have to. Have to. You know, what? in a lot of these situations, the students are, they, 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 they actually respond the way that they're expected to.
2: So anyways, he actually must believe in this big time because he says he'll take on an actual MMA fighter to prove that he can defeat the guy with his psychic abilities. Needless to say, it doesn't last long. When the fighter actually decides to physically hit the guy, he goes down quickly. But basically, you know, at first the fighter just seems to kind of look at him and watch him. And Here we have our psychic fighter throwing hands up, and nothing's happening. And our real fighter's just kind of like, yeah, okay. And finally, he <laughs> takes a hit. And the psychic fighter even has this kind of shocked look to him. Like, wait a moment, someone actually hit me! I'm hurting! <laughs> what happened?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, you, the, this is another one where we've had these situations where the guy, like the, the stare of death and the dim Mac, and these guys are like, okay, well, do it.
4: What was that thing? Wasn't there something in India where a guy was going to psychically yeah, kill so somebody? Can can he we has,
3: we yeah, so now let him Maruku the uh, uh, psychic challenge with uh, uh, a guy there who said he could kill with a spell. Yes,
0: <laughs> it's another
4: and they had to stop him when he brought out a knife because his spell wasn't working. <laughs> But it,
2: it definitely is one thing to get this kind of stuff on tape but we, we already know it's not going to change the mind of the people that actually believe in this stuff. No matter how I mean, many you know
3: that, that That's an interesting one, too, because um, you think maybe if you're looking at well, maybe he's just, you know, putting on a show. Maybe he knows what he's doing. But, but when you see something like this, it, uh, it seems to become clear that this guy was even fooling himself on this. You know, he's yeah. fooling himself and his students. His, du- his students were, you know, like, and, and I guess that's uh, the power of your mind that uh, if you believe in something, you'll make it happen. So he's doing this thing to his students and his, his students subconsciously think I'm supposed to fall back at this other the other people have and they do right and so he he thinks that he actually has this power
4: so right. do you think that like faith healer like it reminds me of faith healing a little bit Do you think that that's part of that phenomenon
2: well we know there's a, a something to the placebo effect that people feel better with it whether or not it really does them any good
0: have you guys watched orange is the new black
1: so, I've got the uh, last one ready for me as soon as this podcast is over oh do
0: you? okay so the, the, there is it there's this there's this woman in and she's in prison and she she's you know she thinks that they, they make her believe that she can heal people and so and and so they end up sending her to the psych ward and, and somebody and one of the other women has to step up and say well, we we tricked her into doing it and you know that's why she thought she had these powers but they but you know everybody was like oh I'm healed you know and she 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 thought that she had these powers because these people went away healed and it's that right. kind of you know it's that kind of mentality you know i i, I don't think that a lot of these guys like pop off and those i i think that they know you know that that it's just about money but i think that there's these other healers that really do think that they're healing people that they're not trying to I, scam
1: people i know that's that was the case you know back when i was doing to row stuff and I'm sure you saw this too on, on the stuff you guys worked. Mm-hmm. you know, you do have all of these positives, you know where people do reinforce what you tell them and you're like, wow, maybe there really is something to this and you know you don't you, you kind of come to it slowly. Yeah. but you do the same kind of stuff and it's it's really weird. It, it does have that cycle and then like you say, I think people lose sight of the reality of it because they're no longer being told the truth by people. So, but then, but then seen... there's the complete scammers who know full well that they're a bunch of
3: liars. Yeah. Have you ever guys ever seen uh, uh Sylvia Brown? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I just gotta say, I saw that for the first time like last year, or the year before, so she was doing some show, and people I'm from the audience me. were asking questions, and it was the most half-assed thing I've ever yeah. seen. Oh, Basically, yeah. it, was, it, it was just stuff like you know. Oh, um, my 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 father uh, died. Uh, does he have a message for me? Yeah, he loves you. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: she oh, she's we ripped a, on her. Yeah, she's a regular on the Montel Williams show, so there's a lot of footage of her getting stuff wrong.
3: Yeah, she she doesn't even say stuff a lot of the time that she can get wrong. It's just stuff like that, stuff that you can't even verify.
5: Yeah, that's true. Well, but you know, she's also she's, gotten a lot of these wrong. She's words. kind of the best when she's being vague, anyway.
0: Well, I mean, how many times has she said, "Oh yeah, honey, she's alive"? You know, we just got to find her, and we find them dead. And then other yeah. times she says, "Oh, she's definitely dead," and then we then we find her twenty years later, living in somebody's backyard. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. stand. Well, and her her <laughs> most famous Brown quite a bit. Her most famous failure uh, that I
5: I can think of right offhand is the whole thing with the miners, yeah. and she said. She said, "Oh, they're alive." And then there was another report. And she says, "You know, I don't think anybody's really coming out of there alive."
0: Well, because so. George Snorri totally got her off the hook. I mean, that that whole thing, she, mm. he, you know, he totally gave her a pass. I mean, that right. guy's that guy's such a douche. <laughs> All right. Well, what what do you have coming up uh, for us, dumbass? What kind of what kind of fun for our ears are you going to be bringing us? <laughs>
3: Well, um, I'm working on uh, uh, my next episode. I'm hoping to get, uh, since uh, uh, I haven't been able to uh, do uh, some writing in a while, but uh, I'm hoping to be able to get two episodes out uh, in a row soon. So I've, I've already got a few things recorded for that. Um, and we and, messed you uh, up.
2: You had well, all four of us on the podcast, and we added a fifth one. So you're actually behind
3: now.
0: <laughs> yeah, you ha- you don't right. have the complete set anymore.
3: Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I've, I've got, I've, I've got, Terry, I've got to have you on on my next uh, Invisible Sky Monster. I would love to be on.
0: So, yeah. so we definitely have a couple more Invisible Sky Masters. What about the other podcast you were doing, uh, The Dumbass' Guide to Knowledge?
3: Yeah, that's a, that's the one that requires a lot of uh, writing, really. And I've been working on stuff like that. Uh, got a, got a few stories. Um, uh, actually, let me see if I can uh, play something for you because okay. uh, uh, Brian, I've got, uh, I've,
5: Brian did you just say invincible sky master yeah I don't think so maybe <laughs> the
0: invincible sky maybe master. I'll change it to that yeah. <laughs> I, I should give any ideas so to'll start another podcast
4: right, Brian was still doing the invincible kung fu master thing. right
0: exactly oh. exactly no, invisible sky monsters podcast
3: oh my, my skype player doesn't seem to be working here so I guess I can't play for you the thing well, uh, I can send you what yeah send what it,
4: it I'll, yeah send it
0: all added in well you know we can right. always add stuff in later.
3: I, I, I was going to I thought maybe it would be nice to play you a little sneak preview of something uh, I was working on but um yeah I'll send it to you and you can you can play it in in there if you want I'm getting okay. it's something I'm going to be using in a future episode Okay. Um but uh, yeah I'm I'm working on stuff and uh, get, getting some things together. Um, So, And I I hope you enjoy what I'm going to come out with. I'm also working on uh, making a lot of changes to the website and stuff. Some things weren't working and some uh, other things like that. So a lot of stuff to do, and uh, I hadn't had time to do as much work as I'd like on it recently. But uh, I'm doing more now and uh, get things rolling again.
0: What other shows do you have on your network right now?
3: Well, right now we have, um, uh, of course, there's uh, the Invisible Sky Monster podcast and the um uh dumbass's guide to knowledge and then I've got um well uh I um, there, there are some uh, old podcasts that I rescued from uh not necessarily uh, obscurity because um it's not like I can uh, really get a lot of get everybody to listen to them since they're old over and done with it. But I've i I've saved them for posterity on my website. Um and one of uh, one of them was an old one called The Exquisite Truth. Um and uh the also uh, the Planet Japan podcast with uh uh, Doug Delong who was a guest on the invisible sky monster podcast a couple of times um, uh also uh there's um the ACS social worker uh well he's he's changed it now he's uh the um uh, web Sunday school and there's um uh, a skeptics guide to conspiracy with uh mike bowler
0: right which we we listen i listen to quite often i i, I really enjoyed what what he's been doing
3: oh yeah he does good work yeah, yeah i'm uh, I'm really happy that uh Uh, We we all got together and uh, uh, became friends and uh, did this thing together.
0: And so, are you still, you know, if, if other people want to do podcasts, are you still looking to, you know, to to help them out and? and to, oh, of course, I'm, okay. I'm
3: willing. I'm still willing to help out people. There, a number of people have gotten in touch with me, and I did a little back and forth with them. But then, you know, they kind of either lost interest or had other stuff to do, and and that's fine, you know. So they went off and did their own thing. But uh, hopefully, we can get maybe some of them to come. Oh, I, I almost forgot my, my newest uh, podcast uh, that that came in uh, decided to come into the pool because uh, I, I offered. Uh, uh them to uh uh do their website up better for them so that people can uh, get their podcast uh um more um easily and um uh they they uh, running the the late night snack podcast it's a group podcast there's a number of people you can uh, uh you can find them at uh rational crank is rational crank dot com yeah rational crank dot com um and uh they uh, they do some some uh, really good interesting discussions there
4: okay so what, if I wanted to uh, look for links to all the podcasts you mentioned, where would I, what URL you would, would I You would,
3: yes, you would go to dumbassmedia.info. That's, uh, they have links to all the podcasts and the episodes as they come out.
0: Okay. And, and can we be an honorary member?
3: Of course. Um, uh, I would uh, love for you guys to be members of my media empire. I,
0: I think that would be fun. Oh. We've got this <laughs> little, little thing we've been doing for, I don't know, almost four years now.
3: I didn't think that you guys would be uh, interested in joining, but yeah, oh, of more course we Certainly, yeah, oh,
0: oh, of course, we 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 love everything you do. <laughs> we're we're the ultimate dumbass junkies.
4: I've got to say, I listened to the grammar episode of the Guide to Knowledge. That was fantastic. It was so oh, good. Thank you
3: very much. Yeah, I had a couple of. One person wrote in said that he wasn't very interested and it was boring to him. So I'm glad to hear that somebody got something out of it.
4: Oh, Slate uh, is doing a podcast called Lexicon Valley. That's similarly fascinating.
3: Um, yeah, mm. I've, I've been listening to a number of uh, audio lectures. I'm not sure if I mentioned him in the in the podcast, but I've read I've read his books and I just listened to another an audio lecture by him by uh, John McWhorter, who's a, a linguist. He, he does. Um, uh, uh, he does lectures for the, the teaching company and uh, the teaching company lectures are now available on Audible. So, like, lecture lecture company lectures, if you go to their website, uh, they're often, like, $100 or more to get get a lecture. Sometimes you find um, lectures by them for $30 or around there on sale. But, you know, go you go to uh, audible.com, um, uh, you can uh, get, uh, if you sign up for, say, the uh, gold package, I think it is, you get uh, two credits for uh, $22. That's $11 a credit. You, uh, you can get um, a teaching company. Uh, lecture series for like uh, 11 bucks. Yeah. Oh, that's great.
0: I love Audible. <laughs> I love my Audible subscription. Alright, well, is there so, anything else? They've
3: also oh. got uh, le- those, uh, speaking of skeptical stuff, they've got the lecture series by um, uh, Michael Shermer and uh, Stephen Novella.
0: Yeah, And you have to look up Professor Steve Novella. If you just look, look up Steve Novella, it doesn't come up. You have to put in Professor Steve Novella. I had a problem <laughs> finding it. Alright, is there anything else? That's a wrap. Alright, say goodnight everybody. Good
4: night. Good night, everybody. Goodnight.
3: Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the amateur skeptics, go to amateurskeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at amateurskeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website.
0: You can leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics Podcast at 720-295-7785. Music for this podcast was provided by OFM. To find out more about OFM, go to mindspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons No Derivatives 3.5 license. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast.
5: Amateur Skeptics website, Facebook, and Podcast Album Art is provided by and copyright Shadow Knight
3: Digital Portraiture. Larger prints or custom pieces are available upon request. This just in from China, a self-proclaimed ghostbuster has been arrested for charging a woman the equivalent of $3,279 for the service of exercising ghosts that were inhabiting her vagina. These ghosts were sabotaging the woman's love life and preventing her boss from falling in love with her. Our heroic Ghostbuster ascertained that the only way to remove these ghosts and get the woman's love life back on track was by fishing them out with his penis. I have personally taken pains to research and reconstruct this case and would now like to perform for you a reenactment of how it all went down. I will be using a poorly done generic foreign accent instead of a Chinese one because I feel that's safer, but other than that, I can assure you that this reenactment will be as close to 100% accurate as it is possible to get. Ah, welcome, madame. You would be my 1130 appointment, no? Oh, yes, I'm so glad you were able to see me on such short notice. You see, my love life is suffering and I believe that malevolent forces are behind it. Hmm, I see. Please, tell me more. Well, you see, it's it's very strange. No matter what I try, I cannot get my boss to fall in love with me. He should be putty in my hands by now, but he's not. Hmm. Well, I must say, you are certainly a very attractive woman. It shouldn't be difficult at all for you to get any man you want. Are you sure he's not, uh, you know, a, a funny boy? Oh, he's certainly not gay. I see him ogling women celebrities all the time like Cher and Kathy Griffin. He's really into them. No, he's straight, all right. But there's even more to it than that. I think there's something supernatural going on. Very interesting, madame. How can you tell? Well, you see, sometimes I hear... I I hear this wooing. Uh, Wooing? There it is now. Can you hear it? I don't know where it's coming from. I hear it, I hear it. Wait a second. I I think it's coming from... Oh, why are you putting your ear up to my lap? Mm -hmm. My dear, I know this is unusual, but you will have to trust me. I am a professional. Would you mind taking off your skirt and panties? Well, okay, if you insist. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, is that coming from... Yes, I'm afraid it's confirmed, my dear. You have a very bad taste of vagina ghosts. Vagina ghosts? Oh, dear! Now, don't be too upset. Vagina ghosts are a rare but curable condition, and you have come to exactly the right man to help you out. It's a simple procedure. Have you ever seen chimpanzees fishing for termites? Why, yes. I saw a documentary on them recently, in fact. They cleverly fished the termites out of a hole in the wood with a stick. Oh, wait. You don't mean that you're going to put a stick in there, are you? Not a stick, my dear. You see, when I was a young boy, I discovered that I had a magic penis that attracts ghosts. It emits a siren call that they can't resist. That is why I am so successful as a ghostbuster. A serious case of vagina ghosts like yours will cost you 20,000 yuan. Oh, this is so unusual, but... Oh, I do need to get rid of these vagina ghosts. All right, it's a deal. All right then, I will unleash my magic penis. Do not be alarmed at anything you hear. That's just a siren call that my penis emits to lure out the ghosts. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay, here I go. Oh, oh my. Yeah, baby, the ghosts are coming out. Oh, I can feel the vagina ghost being pulled out, yes. Oh, yeah, baby. We're gonna call.